This is the Mickey Miles and More podcast. Your one stop for information on Disney races, Disney vacations, Disney theme parks, and more. Now, here are your hosts for the Mickey Miles and More podcast. Michelle Scribner-McLean, Chris Eliopoulos, and Mike Scopa. Welcome home, Milers, and welcome back to another episode of Mickey Miles and More, a podcast where three friends talk about the Disney parks, the Disney races, and whatever else comes up. I'm Chris Eliopoulos. With me, as always, Dr. Michelle Scribner-McLean. Dr. Michelle Scribner-McLean is done teaching for the semester. Mr. Eliopoulos. Not done grading, but done teaching. Ah, It's already over. Made it. That's a semester for you. Yeah, yeah, I am done. Happy to be done. Any shout outs today or? Uh, Or you just want to move on? No, I think I'm just ready to move on today. I can't think of anybody, but I know where to find you if I think of something. Okay, all right. Into my mind. Well, then I'm dedicating this show to the Dean of Disney, Mr. Mike Scopa. Hi, Mike. Good morning, Chris. I was hoping that we were going to have a scoop this morning, but uh, yeah. by about 30 minutes, we're, we're recording on Thursday morning, and we were going to announce that Walt Disney World is returning the uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party to the Magic Kingdom starting August 12th this year. Um, didn't you re- just announce it? They just announced <laughs> yeah, it. Didn't you but, just? I mean, I, I sort of announced it on Facebook, but um, so one of the interesting things everyone is waiting for is the prices. Uh, we don't know what the prices are going to be. When they last held Mickey's Not So Scary, the prices range from, I think, $85 to maybe 125 We don't know, but we expect that they are going to run anywhere from around 160 69 to maybe $200 for Halloween night. So obviously candy has become very expensive. So just That's a little awesome candy. Yeah, awesome candy. <laughs> and uh, uh, as far as I know, it's going to be hocus pocus on stage, not the villains mix and mingle. Booty you is going to re- it's going to return and maybe a few other things. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to make that announcement. So, I, I think that's a lot of money, but I honestly think the grave diggers are maybe worth it for me. I love mm-hmm. those grave diggers. Mm-hmm. All right, it's almost—it's more than the cost of a day's. That's correct. Yeah. Park well, visit. here's the thing: it runs February to November. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. It just keeps going yeah. You're right, Chris. So a five-hour a five-hour party ticket is going to be between one sixty-nine and two hundred dollars. Versus a 12 or a 13 hour one day park hopper ticket, which is about 144 to $150. So you're absolutely correct. It's, so, uh, you know what? This it makes your old WDW Today podcast about the $70 cookie, it makes them adorable. <laughs> really? I know, right? Yeah, so the days, the days when you, could only, you yeah. spend only $70. Yeah, right. Michelle, it's sad because I think when we first coined that phrase, it was $65. Yeah. Crazy. So now it's that's adorable. $100 away. $100 ago. So quaint. So quaint that it was a $70 complaint. <laughs> no. Um, so we're back. The magic. What, what are we? The the magic squad? Is that what? Are, we're the magic you? squad. Magic dun, 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 dun. We're getting t shirts made. Yeah. You're making the logo. Did okay. I tell you? Wow. I, I didn't realize I have another job. Um, <laughs> but so the magic squad, our, our, Disney has tasked us with creating some more magic at the parks to make up for all of the mess that has been going on lately and so we've done a general overview we've done the magic kingdom today we're going to do some epcot so if you hear some 
sawing and hammering and walls getting put up. It's, you know, it's just the Epcot being uh, put up, uh, being reimagined uh, today on the show. So, Mike, since you have the largest list of them, I actually, I will say to start off with, um, Michelle, I think this is going to be up your alley today because the technology portion of, of this is going to be like, a thing. I was actually thinking, I was, I was, I was, you know, focusing my inner Michelle on the idea of, of what used to be called future world. Um, what is it called? It's called, what is it? Discover, uh, world discovery, world celebration, world nature and world showcase now. So. Yeah, I, and I, I think it would be, it's fun to think about the process that we use because Mike writes this gigantic list and I pretty much show up and brainstorm right. while I'm here. And you're sort of in between, Chris, right? I'm in, in between. I I will say on my list, it's a lot of very small stuff. I took a lot of um, uh, inspiration from Year of a Million Dreams, which I think is sort of the, the, the basis of all this. Um, I think that year was very successful and I'm surprised they ever stopped it. But Mike, why don't you start us off with uh, your first of many 14 different ideas you've had? Well, you know, and, and I, before we, we came on the air, I mentioned that I don't know if many of these are innovative. Some of them are going to be, oh, people are going to be shaking their heads. Oh, I remember that. And I just think there are certain things, like you said, Chris, you know, you think about Year of a Million Dreams, which was the poster child for magical experience. Uh, so I'm going to start off saying that uh, the first thing I would like to see for a return to the magic, and I'm not sure if it's happening now. I don't know if it is, but I would really like to see Epcot every day, year round, open up both what they're calling Discovery Land. Or I'm going to call it Future World because everybody understands this Future World. Future World and World Showcase should open at the same time. They used to hold off opening Future uh, uh, a world showcase about an hour or two after Future World opens. I really think it would help if both uh, are open at the same time. Now, I do know that the last time we were there, um, Ratatouille, you could get into Ratatouille around 8.30. I think that might have been the only attraction world showcase that was open. But my number one idea is to return to the magic is to have both world showcase and Future World, I'm calling it Future World, open at the same time every day, January, February, all the way through December. It's a fairly simple and easy one to do. I'm, sure, I'm surprised they haven't done it in the past, but all right, Michelle, give us your technology reports. What's what's your, up? what are you up to? My first one isn't technology. My first one is something I've said for many, many years. I would like to see food and wine be a year long thing. I would like to see it all over the park and, um, you know, with maybe some changes, but I think it would serve to uh, make available all those really cool things. Again, I talked last week about sort of a test kitchen situation. Uh, Disney could test out some of the things that they want to use in restaurants, but also it, it might take a little pressure off people who feel like they have to drink around the world <laughs> specific time during the year. Um, I just think, I just think, why not? I mean, we already have it for Flower and Garden, for Food and Wine, which is now like what four months. Um, just make it, just make it the whole year. I mean, really, just make it the whole year. The everybody who comes every part of the year could could benefit. And if we go build on to your idea, Mike, of opening things up early, sure. why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, and and one of the things that's a great idea, Michelle. I mean, they do it nine months out of the year now, anyways. But one of the things that they're doing with flower and garden now i think 
is that they're opening it up for breakfast. So if you're going to open up for breakfast, that would mean that that will showcase idea makes sense. So yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Why does it make it year round? Have those kiosks there all the time. You know? Very cool. Um, when I was younger, when we went to Epcot, I loved the idea. Well, two things. I love the idea that this was like a, a world's fair park, right? That was the initial concept behind the park. And the second was uh, the imagine uh, the imagine what is it? Uh, imagination pavilion. What what's the pavilion? The um, the two sides interventions, right? They used yeah. to have this stuff. I remember as a kid, they had like the first video phone. Uh, to sh they showcased <laughs> new technology, and I yeah, love that. Yeah, that was in that was in um, Spaceship Earth. That was in the AT and T part when yeah, you yeah. got off. Yeah, that's yeah. where it was. Mm. So I love that that they were showing off new tech technology. It, it allowed companies to present new ideas. So um, I was hoping now with World Discovery now, which is over by you know um, Test Track in that area, um, that they do like a tech hub uh, in in that area, and maybe do a pop up technology kiosks almost like you know you see in animal animal kingdom they show like little animals or fossils or something like that you come up with new technologies almost like again like a mall or like a world you know fair um i would love to see some more of that and i was thinking of yeah. you michelle when i did that one yeah when you know at the university we have something called the sandbox which is a place where faculty can go try out new technology you know like virtual reality and when i used to work at the Museum of Science, we had an area where people would try out new exhibits, like, you know, or part of an exhibit, and people would watch them and learn about how they interact with it. So I think that would be really cool. So uh, to both your points, uh, when Interventions was uh, put on the drawing board, one of the thoughts was that Interventions would be a so-called black box in which they would showcase technologies like that, Chris. And they, I think they tried it for a while. I remember seeing a robotic dog there and a few other things. Um, I don't know why they they don't do that. I think it would make sense. It's supposed to be a theme park that deals with edutainment, whatever, edutainment? a technology, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and the same people who would work on that possibly could do that last diorama at Carousel of Progress for um, Shell. Mm, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nice. yeah. All right, Mike, let's go. Keep it up going. So this probably covers some things that both of you are, are thinking about. I think generally speaking, throughout the entire theme park, there should be a return to uh, a certain level of entertainment that's been missing for a couple of years. Uh, I don't remember the, uh, I know, I'm sorry. Uh, Michelle, what was the name? I of do the, the same band? thing. Sign <laughs> up, sign up, like scratch off our... What was the name of the band in Canada that we liked? Oh, um, Randy. I almost, almost oh uh, off-kilter. Off off yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I, I thought they were good. Uh, they were, um, I think they were all like firemen in, in uh, Orange County or whatever. It'd be nice to see like, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like local bands be able to come in and like showcase their work and not have the same, yeah. I mean, same I all think the Time, that would be nice. Like, mm. It really would be that and the geometers. Uh, there used to be a, a roving, a three-piece uh, band in Canada. Um, I obviously they have something in uh, United Kingdom. They used to have the British Invasion, but also entertainment things like the remember the Boy in the Bubble back in the '90s. And you've got this ridiculous thing in Italy with the, the with the whistle guy and oh. the, 
that, I, I, get rid of that. The, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the mariachi band is, yeah. is fun. You know, I really think that general uplift in the entertainment in that theme park needs, it's, it's sorely, sorely needed. So that's so enter more entertainment, but you have to be the person who decides if it's obnoxious or not. Yeah, the whistle guy is not the magic. Whistle guy, well, the so whistle guy. I think He's entertainment up. should be music, singing, dancing. I don't think it should be, you know, go move back. I'm going to try to throw a ball into a net. You know, I don't know. Come on. Come on, Jen Man. Strikes again. And and yeah, uh, Michelle, did you want to? Did you add? A, have anything oh, pizza. similar? CD ketchup. I did. I had entertainment, but I I did have. I mean, look, you know, Orlando has a lot of great uh, singers, musicians, entertainers, in other way. Mm. Why not like showcase them? They it, it's yeah. a way for them to to gain popularity. But yeah. you know, have them do a week a week residency or uh, you know a six week residency yeah. at Epcot and showcase people different types of music um yeah. i think that's one of the things when i think about world showcase is that for some people sadly this might be their only exposure to other cultures and know. um yeah. you know and, and other types of music and things like that so um you know to, to have different musicians and i think would be really really cool yeah i will say i'll just do the two that were very similar to yours mike uh which was i wrote acrobats jugglers magicians make it more of a world's fair um, but also I was thinking international streets atmosphere people dressed up as figures from their country talking to guests, maybe some famous yeah. not like Italy. You've got like Da Vinci walking around talking about his stuff or you, you know, go, yeah. go to, you know, Great Britain and you, you meet, you know, whoever Harry Potter. Well, that won't happen, but you know what I mean? Like it's sort of a historical figure, but, um, Michelle, what's your next idea? Well, I, I was going to do something different, but I'm going to build off what you just said, because um, I think it fits in nicely with this idea. I think that uh, every month there should be a country that's a, a focus country celebrating China or celebrating Mexico. And there should be sort of a microcosm of extra activities. So maybe that's when they have these extra performers or, or things like that. Yeah, like but, that. Um, you know, maybe they do series where they have people talk about their culture, what it's like to live there. Maybe they just have extra entertainment. Maybe they have a ride in the, the, a way that the attractions are being plussed, but it would be, you know, let's celebrate world culture. So let's go around world showcase and, and focus on, I, I don't think it would be hard to do. I think it yeah. would be easy. It could start really small. That's yeah. what I always say to teachers when we're trying something new, don't like do everything, try something make a little bit of a change so try something small and then they could sort of scale it up so that we're celebrating the world or celebrating all these different countries in the world i love that idea i'm surprised they haven't done that in the past um mine is a simple one that we don't see as much anymore um i would love to see them get those like wally or the trash can or something that roam around the moving characters that move around for some reason everybody loves them um, you could have ones dedicated to each different one because I know there's like a nature one, like maybe even have like a walking tree or something like that. I know they have that woman in uh, in Animal Kingdom, but, uh, you know, just Fine. fun little roaming creatures that uh, people get excited about. I thought yeah, with the technology yeah. <laughs> available, it should it's really doable. I mean, yeah. And fun. I mean, the kids the love those things. That trash can. Yeah. My God. You never saw so many kids like they, they they never want to throw anything away, but all of a sudden they see this trash can roaming around. They want to throw everything away. So, oh, well. All right, Mike, what's next? 
Oh, I'm probably being very nostalgic today, but uh, one of the one of my most fond memories in Walt uh, in Walt Disney World and especially Epcot is that I got to see the very last performance of Tapestry of Nations Parade, and I got to watch it with the parent of one of the cast members who was in the parade, and I got to sit right outside Germany, so it went by me twice. It's a very magical parade. Uh, it's Tapestry of Dreams. Maybe it's Tapestry of Dreams, but it just celebrated so much and it was so magical. It was so, uh, uh, I want to say Jules Vernish that I really liked it. And they rolled, they, you know, did a parade around the World Showcase promenade and I thought it was just great. The uh, only problem with it was that some of the uh, materials and kites or whatever they used, uh, they could not do the parade if the wind was something like 15 or 20 miles per hour. But I really thought it was a great parade. And um, I really feel badly for those who really never got a chance to, to see it. So I think a, a parade of some sort would be nice. Obviously the kiosks kind of hurt the, the width of the, the, uh, the route, but I really think a parade in Epcot is something that needs to happen. Sorry, Michelle. <laughs> the sound you hear is Michelle crossing off her list over and over and over again today. All right, whatever else is left on your, your list, Michelle. I have a lot. I have a lot. Oh, good. It's just okay. funny. I'm just getting a text from Deb Wills. Mickey's not so scary Halloween party returns. So we're all on the we're all on the same page. All right, yep. so here's your technology or part of your technology, Chris. I used to love Horizons. And one of the reasons I loved Horizons was because I thought the choice at the end where you got to choose the button was yeah. just amazing. Oh, yeah. And I would love to have, I just think the technology is there where we should be able to make some choices and um, things that we're seeing or we're doing in the attractions. For example, this is pie in the sky, but I don't think this would be really hard. Say you are, say we're all three of us are going to Epcot. We know that we're going to see Harmonious. And then on the My Disney Experience, there's a, um, an, a choice for that night. We're going to take the majority choice for the music. What type of music do you want featured? What Could you choose one type of uh, firework that will be featured? Could you choose one type of, you know, what color will be um, predominant there? And I think with the tech, I mean, I don't know anything about fireworks, but I know a little bit about coding. I think that it would be pretty easy. So at the end of the night, we have chosen the fireworks. The majority of people have chosen the fireworks. So we're, it's going to feature the music from Encanto. It's going to feature um, the music from, you know, it's going to be Japanese music that, that night or feature a certain movie. I, I think, you know, we're not talking about 27 choices here. I'm, ch I'm talking about letting the guests choose one or the other or maybe two things. And to add that choice into other attractions, such as Finding Nemo. You have those clamshells where you're sort of looking, you know, it's only your show. So could we choose what characters we see or what, what music we see? Um, I think that that was thrilling for me as a kid. Uh, I, and I, as a kid who liked technology even back then, I don't think it would be that hard to do, especially with, with the smartphones and, and the My Disney app. Fellas, what do you think? Yeah. I, I, agree. I agree. I think the, the, the I think it's very easy to code that in, to put some kind of a random generator like they do with Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. I think giving the guests an opportunity to customize their experience, I think it's a great idea. And I, I enjoyed that too, Michelle. I was like, gee, I want to go on next time because I want to 
pick this this ending. I want to pick that ending. Yeah, my brothers and I would fight like underwater, underwater. <laughs> Which one did we did we want to do? So it was like simple and cool, and I just yeah. thought that was great. Well, it's just like uh, Star Tours, where you sort of get a different ride each time, and right, everybody loves right. to go back and see what they get. So um, yeah, but I'm talking. I'm I mean, it's not a random generator. I'm talking give people a choice between right. even two things because that's gonna. Oh, we chose. That's gonna make me want to stay. Yeah, I want to stay in the park until the, the yeah. yeah. So. No, I love it. I love it. Um, in that vein of imagination, do you know if the the, the imagination pavilion is going to be staying at this new thing? Because all I can say is that it needs a it needs to be more imaginative. They need to redo that whole pavilion and make it a little bit more cutting edge and unique. Right now, it's just sort of not very imaginative. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> my next one. Was bring back Journey to the Imagination. Or even make it a the old or, one, but yeah, better but like, or something. Yeah, you know? make bring back the old version, but like use newer technology. Uh, and maybe again, maybe there's choice. That, you know, that part where we were just sort of going along with the dream finder. Maybe yeah. we can choose what smells are there or what, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I love that attraction. That was, yeah. you know, I think you need some classics and you need some new. Innovation. But you can update classics and make them more appealing to the younger set so yeah but also you know getting back to that technology that um innovation playground that was at the end of that attraction we spent hours as kids in that place you know on the dancing on the floor and um you know using the different technologies which that that point were new but we spent a long time in there um i think that was really cool mike next um I always have thought that the World Showcase Lagoon was in itself a an attraction. And I have often thought that it has always been underused. Um, with the uh, harmonious hardware, I thought that we would see very nice fountains during the day, which we haven't seen. Uh, so having said that, I would like to see a return to some type of entertainment that takes place within the lagoon. Back in 92 and 94, there was something called Surprise in the Skies, in which the Fab Five somehow were flying over the lagoon with some kind of drone kind of kite vehicle or whatever, and um, there were fireworks. So I really think that some kind of a three o'clock, at three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, some type of fight, maybe daytime fireworks, music, a celebration with the, with the, um, with the fountains. I think it would be a, a great addition to the Epcot experience. I think that around three o'clock in the afternoon, there's a lull. I think people kind of slow down, and I think a little show uh, around the lagoon would uh, give people a, a really nice pickup and uh, continue to have to give them incentive to have more fun in the afternoon so yeah. that would be something i'd like to see yeah very cool michelle all right so mine i think disney was sort of going in this direction um it may have stopped a little bit but i think every single country should have an attraction we all know that there are some countries that we just breeze through and don't don't do anything but i think um we need to have something in germany we need to have something in morocco um in uk i think mary poppins was going there i think every country should have a 
actually a film in an attraction. I think there should be like a cultural aspect and then some sort of a dark ride like Mexico, you know, something like that, um, where people have a, a more of a reason to, to stop at those countries and not just um, go through on the way to somewhere else. I love it. As, as the work goes on, I don't know if you can hear the construction in my house, but oh, good. You don't hear that? Oh, no. Yeah, Ned heard that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah You're building an attraction. We are. We're putting it in here. Um, my next one is sort of like an all-encompassing for all the different attractions. Um, I was thinking, you know, when I was a kid and I would go on an airplane, uh, they used to present you with little pilot wings that you could put on your chest. Um, I was thinking, you know, each day they should have a pilot of the day for a little kid to give him wings and maybe a hat. But all the attractions, so like there'd be a test dummy of the day. Oh, God. A test dummy of the day or, you know, um, a fish of the day. They, they could be an honorary fish. Um, just pick something from each pavilion in each day and then you know if they're wearing that stuff it goes around like you you're basically an advertisement for the attractions by walking around with those that that stuff on so um just a little something to keep these kids engaged and, and sort of feeling special mike you guys remember when you used to be able to buy a badge or a nameplate with your name on it uh, down there, the problem was that people started asking you the directions right, right. when you were wearing it, thinking you were a cast member. That's a sidebar. I want want to piggyback on what Michelle said because I'm skipping ahead to one of my ideas, and one of my ideas was to complete the Japan dock ride that was started way back in the late '60s and was halted because of political, very sensitive uh, reasons. But that Japan pavilion is actually a castle and in the back they were beginning to put together a dock ride to talk about japan's history now we know that there's a certain part of japan's history that's dark but why not just focus on the culture the people and, and all kinds of, of stuff that that comes out of japan every country has a dark yeah well, yeah no true but but like you said michelle there should be an attraction in every mm -hmm. every uh, pavilion so my next suggestion for the magic is to complete the dock ride in japan so that's my that's make my it happen next one make it happen all right michelle this is an easy one i get back to that um night when we were at the magic kingdom or morning we were at the magic kingdom at 3 a.m um epcot doesn't really do that and i would love to see some all night or some really late night experiences at epcot it used to be up until like you know 12 or 1 but um i don't know if they do it because of the resorts that are behind um but i think it would be nice to have people have the option of staying later um you know it's really spending a whole bunch more time at epcot when it's nice and cool you know walking around world showcase especially in the heat of the Florida sun is tricky. So it would also help to alleviate some of the crowds, crowd problems, <laughs> because people would say, oh, I can go to Epcot at 10 p.m. and it'll be less crowded and it'll be cooler. So that's an easy one. Yeah, no, I like the idea of, I, we used to love it. Like we used to love the walking around the World Showcase at night before the fireworks and music be playing. Just nice to have something going on. Um, trying to think out which one I want to talk about next. Um, maybe I'll stay in uh, the front part of the park for a little bit and just say uh, they should start doing like Imagineer events, like a meet and greet, like a discussion, like yeah. like just something to talk about the future of the parks or the future of, and it might give um, guests a chance to 
tell the Imagineers what they're looking for. Um, there's like a feedback yeah. thing and they can take that back to work and say, hey, you know, these guys are saying we'd really love to see this. I know they, I'm sure they walk around the parks and I'm sure they have people who check on this stuff, but uh, more interaction. And it'd be great in the, in the world discovery section where it's like everything is about new and updated and, you know, just having a, the idea, like I, I you know, with the Kennedy Center, uh, the Kennedy Center, the Kennedy, um, uh, why can't I remember the stupid name? Um, the, oh my God, I just Space totally Center? lost the- Kennedy Space Center. Space Center. I just totally <laughs> lost the, the word. Um, <laughs> You know, they have a, a, a an astronaut of the month that come and visit. Um, I think yeah. they should do that with the Imagineers. Uh, in well, they used to do something like that because I actually did an article for All Ears back in the day where you could have lunch with an Imagineer. Right. Uh, like I went to the Flying Fish and had lunch with an Imagineer. But you have to pay but, for it. It's a pay Yeah, you had to pay yeah. for it. And they weren't, he was not soliciting my feedback. He was just like, I'm an Imagineer, have lunch with me. But, and yeah. it was me and five other people. It was fine. It was fine. But I like your idea better because it's, you know, yeah. getting some more feedback. And it's free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't mm -hmm. have to pay for dinner. All right, Mike, bring it on. Um, what on, on our last visit, one of the things that Michelle and I really uh, thought was outstanding was the Beacons of Magic uh, presentation with Spaceship Earth. Uh, they put the sparkling lights up and it's just, you just sit there and watch it and it's just amazing. One of the things I would like to see would be at 6 p.m. every night, once an hour, have some kind of a presentation, either singing or music or whatever. I know that they've done Kermit singing. Uh, it's not easy being green, I guess it is. Rainbow Connection. Oh, Rainbow Connection. <laughs> I was close. Um, it's just an amazing presentation. They've done an amazing job with that. And I would love to see them on an hourly basis from 6 p.m. to closing on the hour have some kind of a special presentation. It could have something to do with the season. It could have just be a general thing, but they could do so much with that. They have a brand new sound system there. They have the new lighting system. Make use of Spaceship Earth. I think that people coming into the... Um, the park at that time, leaving at that time, I think it's a great way to say, welcome back. And it's a great way to say, come back. So I would like to see that. Yeah, I, I basically just now scratched off one of mine. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Michelle, what do you got? I'm running out of them, but this is one That's that I, I really think would be awesome. Um, because of the, the nature of Future World sort of being like, it used to be more like a teaching experience. I would love to have them use the college interns, uh, the science majors and the math majors um, to do little uh, hands-on types of activities that are sort of like the way they do in Animal Kingdom, but in front of or inside the different pavilions. So um, have them do something in front of the land or inside the land for kids. Really easy stuff that they could do, you know, looking at different types of plants or things like that, but then there's something else at Mission Space that has to do with space. I think it's great for college students because they get to practice teaching and interacting with people. And it's just one little um, really like low stress, low key way to get people to sort of relax between running around different attractions. I don't think it would be hard. I'd love to train those people to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Make a you job want, you want the job? You're <laughs> but, applying uh, for a job that doesn't yeah. exist yet? <laughs> 
but uh, you know, at, at obviously um, they do a little bit of it, not as much as they used to at um, the seas, but they could do a lot more with that. So I think that's just a really nice little way to mm. sort of bring the education back um, to Definitely. Ep Epcot. Yeah. No, I love the idea. Um, I'm going to throw out a couple of quick ones before I get to the main one. Um, I think they need to, now that they have the new attraction, they should do a Guardians meet and greet, um, start doing that stuff. Um, uh, Pop-up food stands like we discussed last week about uh, Magic Kingdom where just things, oh, where things would just show up and try new foods out and, and see what we get. But uh, the main idea, uh, they've done this with the KidCot thing that they used to do, but I was thinking more as a family thing, um, do passports around the world. Uh, give everybody a passport when you enter the World Showcase. You maybe take a picture and you can they can just stamp it into the book and you go around to each pavilion and you get it stamped. And when you get all the stamps, um, you get like a free pin or something like that. Just a little something to help out uh, and get everybody moving around the World show Showcase and visiting all pavilions. Because like you said, a lot of people do just pass by those ones without attractions or, or movies. So that's my take on it. Your stomach, Chris, or you're at the dentist. <laughs> I know, right? All right, Mike. I know you've been scribbling uh, crazily yeah, for this last second. Yeah. So, uh, well, I got about six of them more. Um, okay. I think that they should uh, fix Spaceship Earth. It's been a long time coming, but they coming down from on top of that attraction just, you know, I mean, you pick. Okay, when you want to live in the city, yeah. you want to live. You know, yeah. I just think that there should be some things going on. And again, it could be the fact that technology changes ever so quickly that they don't want to do something, but they could do something with video screens, big ones on the right side or left side. It just seems like it's a waste. It's a, you know, half a, it's a half a ride. Yeah. When I used to work at the second reference of the Museum of Science at the planetarium, in addition to the planetarium shows, they had laser shows. So there's like so much that you could do with that dome up there that's more than just a spinning earth. <laughs> You know, could be really, really cool. You know, even something that would not change, like on the way down, I'd like your input on this, Michelle. Maybe on the way down, there should be some type of a uh, presentation that talks about the universe, that talks about the planets, that talks about how we are in relation to the sun or whatever. It's Spaceship Earth. And the whole idea is that, that you know, we're part of a huge universe, galaxy, whatever. Maybe that should be part of it, but I really think it's just a half an attraction. Yeah. I, uh, Michelle, I mentioned to you offline uh, a wonderful show on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, called "Here We Are," based on the children's book. That would that idea, the concept of that show, would work so well inside of Spaceship Earth. It's sort of like a "Here we are. Here's where we are in this world. Here's what we see around us. Here are the different peoples. Here are the different animals. Here's the different countries. You know." We're just part of this big giant universe, blah, blah, blah. But it would be a perfect thing. I think it, it's so limited right now, uh, the way it stands. It'd be fun to see a, a big giant change to this one. I know they were planning it, right, Mike? A change? Uh, that yeah, got canceled? Well, I think they just ran out of ideas and they don't. I think that the problem is, is Chris, that they don't. If you If you think about going up, okay, as you're going up, they're talking about the global neighborhood. They're talking about how we communicate. And the whole idea of Spaceship Earth back when it first came out was how we communicate, the papyrus, 
All roads lead to Rome. We've got the we've got the thing, and I want to point out something that I I mentioned to Michelle. She's probably sick of me saying this, but everybody listening out there, you know what I'm going to say. When you're going up Spaceship Earth, Chris, remember this. When you're going up Spaceship Earth, you can come across a scene on the left where they're printing the newspaper. And there's a fellow holding the newspaper. Is it on Papyrus? Papyrus? No. <laughs> if you think about it, he's reading upside down because he's holding he's holding the newspaper with the with the fold up. So the part that's facing him is upside down. Is he reading it or is he just showing it to us? But uh, it's communication. So maybe some communication stuff on the way down. I don't know. But, uh, well, I actually disagree Papyrus. with you guys about <laughs> and now I'll never forget that. Paparazzi. Um, uh, I disagree with the making it more like a planetarium because I think people will get bored. I think the thing that keeps them coming back are the animatronics oh, and the right. connection to people. Um, you know, there's I, I, I love Earth and space science, but I think it has to be connected to people because we're selfish human beings and we like to see images of ourselves like i said go go and go and watch that show go watch that show so but if you did it your way and talked about like different cultures and things like that i think that would be that would be interesting and it and it keeps in with the communication thought you know like you know uh but really honestly go watch that show by the way it's a really really good it beat it beat us out for an emmy so uh even even though they did that i still think the show was great so yeah um my next one is uh different areas uh around world showcase uh there's construction uh I, I would love to see a junior chef of the day for each different like you know in france or you know, in some of the places where they make like you know the 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 carmel place in in germany like you know there's just help help a chef make it and give them a chef hat help make something they get to keep it um and eat the results and it's sort of like just gives a little bit of something fun for the kids to enjoy another one along with the with the kids it just popped into my head when mike was talking bring back something like kim possible with those little flip phones or whatever right i right. i suddenly am i who's the same age as your kids loved that and mm-hmm. we spent many a day going around and doing kim possible stuff with phones people use their own cell phones download an app um i think that it was really fun for families to do that interactive mm. stuff yeah secret surprises wherever you go that's, that's mm. always good like they Mike. do in uh, Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Um, both of you mentioned things that uh, are, uh, that I think could be accomplished in that Odyssey, where the Odyssey restaurant is, where they show the, the future of Epcot. Uh, years ago, I thought about uh, making good use of that building. Maybe it is for the black box. Maybe it is where you can have feedback with an Imagineer. Maybe it's meet and greet. But one of the things I often thought is that uh, sometimes it's so hard to get into uh, certain restaurants in in will showcase that um, I think that it's important to give people as much opportunity as possible to experience something. I think the Odyssey building restaurant should be uh, a con- a conglomerate like a sort of a quick serve of the best of each country. So you can go in there and you can get the same kind of pizza you can get in Italy. You can get uh, maybe. Uh, what is that called? Sushi. Sushi. Papyrus. Yeah, papyrus. papyrus no, I think it, it could be, yeah, maybe it should be a quick, 
quick serve kind of a restaurant area. Now they, they have recently opened the Connections Cafe. Maybe that takes care of that, but I really think they need to do something with that building. I think right now it is serving as the black box for Epcot. Don't you, need, they, don't you think they need a flex space? Yeah, and that's what that is. For that's events. a flex space. Mm. Flex space like that. Mm -hmm. They could do a, what was what was the old uh, what was that pavilion? Uh, the body pavilion or the uh, yeah the human body human body yeah they have that floating um, around or there. wonders wonders of wonders of life, life. Yeah. yeah so that's spooky in there now when it's not yeah being yeah um, I'm just gonna plop out the last two of my lists, Mike, so that you can get to yours. Um, uh, I, I think they should do sort of like almost a, a, a family selection, a special viewing section for Harmonious for a couple of selected families. Um, just because that place, it's so hard to actually see it from a good vantage point. So it'd be nice to have like a few selected families get to see a special spot. Uh, and the last one I had was um, every once in a while during uh, the Living with the Land, uh, as everybody gets off of the boat, they announce that, that they want to take you on a free tour behind the seeds and take everybody through uh, for an additional. Because, again, it's one of those attractions that not a lot of people go on to or are too excited about. But the idea that you could get the tour and then you could go behind it uh, at the time would be a fun little thing to do for certain people. So that's the last of my fun little stuff. Mike? I remember you guys, both of you guys mentioned feedback and uh, to try to get an idea as to what guests would like to see regarding attractions or whatever. They used to do many, many years ago, they would do all kinds of surveys. I don't recall having been asked a survey lately, but one of the things that people asked about 10, 12 years ago is that they wanted more character interaction. So there were a lot more character meet and greets. Some of them were hits and some of them were misses. I keep thinking about that bear that was a, a miss. But one thing I think that they should also do in Epcot is that they wanted to uh, they wanted to bring Epcot a little bit down to the level so that the kids would enjoy it more. The, the kids used to be bored, hence why we have Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the Cosmic Rewind. Um, one of the things I think that they could do is to, you know, pick it up a little bit with the characters. Uh, maybe there should be a Miguel that you you run into in uh, Mexico. I'm not sure if Milan is there for China, but uh, you know, you've got Snow White, you've got Cinderella, you've got Belle, you've got the Beast, uh, maybe Peter Pan for uh, United Kingdom. We should see him and Wendy more. Um, I just think there should be more characters in, uh, more character meet and greets in, in Epcot. I think that would be really good. Michelle, did you want to add something? I did, well, so, you know, one of the things that we read about this week is that there's going to be um, a new magic band coming out. Oh, and yes. um, in terms of technology, it would be, it'll be really interesting to see. It's supposed to be more interactive and things like that. It would be nice to see them capitalize on that new technology um, as they, you know, build these new things that they're thinking about so that uh, one of the, one of the most brilliant pieces of marketing or merchandising that I have seen ever, not that I'm a marketing expert, is the way that you can buy a $65 wand in at Universal oh, and interact wow. with Harry Potter. And yeah. so the, Disney needs to learn from that. Like, why would people buy a magic band unless it does something? Maybe it's like impossible type of thing, but you could have people buy them and then they could interact with different countries and different worlds. 
Yeah, they definitely well, we, need to do some of that stuff. Yeah. yeah, we don't know exactly what the limitations are going to be for the Magic Band Plus. It's supposed to light up during fireworks and a whole bunch of things. So there could be things down the line that they they think they can add to it. Um, it's just another techie thing that hopefully, Michelle, you know, your uh, ideas about what should be um, would be good. Maybe maybe their Magic Band Plus is the is the answer to Universal's. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Uh, I think that would be uh, that would be a very nice melancholy way of saying thanks for coming. Come on back and now get out. Some, yeah, that's what I want to be on my vacation. And melancholy. My, <laughs> yeah, no, I think. Uh, well, I think that the music that had been selected during the first five years of um, Hollywood Boulevard, they had that kind of music in front of uh, the great movie, right? Anyways, my last suggestion would be that just like Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, just like Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, why not do this some, the same thing or something similar? Maybe not as grandiose, but in Epcot. Maybe have special parties around Halloween, maybe uh, around um, around uh, Christmas time in and uh, in, in World Showcase only. So you want more hard ticketed uh, events that cost them more money? That's magical. Well, come on, uh, Michael. Uh, maybe it should be not so. Well, when you talk a World Showcase, Chris, you're talking not as big an area as the Magic Kingdom. So maybe. Maybe you can give a you can give the guess a break and, and not charge one hundred and sixty nine to. What do you think we have our own uh, papyrus to print our own money? Papyrus. Oh, you were what waiting mean? for that one. You were just you were just holding that one in for the. It's gonna be a long day, Chris. Yeah, uh, I'm so, guessing. So that, that I, you, don't, be, you don't you know. think I'm gonna be sending you stuff today? Just oh god, I'm gonna send you a letter on papyrus and. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh well. Sorry, Mike. We love that's you to death. I walked right into that one. Yeah, Anyways, so. that's that's yep. it. I think we got a lot of good ideas. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what do you think? So next week will be Hollywood Studios. Are we going in yeah. order of building? Yes, I think we should. Hollywood All right. Studios so we'll do and, and that's gonna be I interesting. Might, I might actually have to write that one out at a time. I have to think about that. Yeah. I would, I would suggest mm-hmm. that we have we prepare for Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom just in case. Yeah. Sounds good. So. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Mickey Miles and More. If you want to reach out to us, send us a message on Twitter at Mickey Miles Pod. For Dr. Michelle Scribner McLean, the Dean of Disney, Mr. Mike Scopa, I'm Papyrus. Papyrus? I'm Chris Eliopoulos. We'll see you on the road and in the parks. Papyrus. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode of the Mickey Miles and More podcast. For all of us here at the Mickey Miles and More podcast, this is Rick Gray saying thanks for listening and all your support. And until next time, we'll see you on the road. Papyrus. Papyrus. Papyrus.